What's up, everybody? Hello and welcome to the Merry Christmas episode of the audio... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Am I already drunk? Am I drunk for Christmas? It's episode number yeah. 125. Uh, we are recording this... And you said this... the wrong podcast. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Um, just so everyone's aware, I'm dealing with some terrible neck pain at the moment. My neck's just, like, seized up. I don't even know what it did to it. I think my body's just falling apart from, like, two or three straight weeks of not enough sleep from sick kids and all that sort of stuff. So... My body's shutting down. Welcome to episode number 125 of the VK Bros, with the VK Bros, Jason and Alex Von Cannell, where we are wishing you a very Merry Christmas and Merry a happy Christmas. Boxing Day, because it'll be Boxing Day while you guys are listening to this thing. How are you, Alex? Hey, I'm good. I'm way better than you. I've been on five days holiday, but hmm. my body's aching because I deadlifted today. But props to you and props to me. We are the last, like, we are the most hardcore podcasters around yeah we're here every week without fail mm-hmm. for 125 weeks 100 percent, 100 percent. we are servicing the fans i must admit it's it's like it's the time of year that everyone goes on holidays so everyone has more mm. spare time so everyone has more time to listen to content and the worst thing is is when you go and you try to find your usual favorites and there's nothing to listen to like yeah. there's literally nothing to listen to except us. So if any of your friends are starving for their usual content and they don't normally listen to the VK Bros, send them our way. Now, quickly, I want to get into it. Uh, this is going to be a shorter one today. Yeah. The first thing I think people need to know about is Chat GPT. Mm-hmm. Have you have you heard about Chat GPT? I have heard about Chat GPT, but elaborate for the the listeners. So ChatGPT is the most Googled thing at the moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, it's oh, it's a, it's a uh, program made by a company called OpenAI. Uh, they are trying to make artificial intelligent um, solutions to... Well, sorry, artificial intelligence solutions to problems. Mm-hmm. And ChatGPT was something that they came up with, which uh, is supposed to take the world by storm. Now... Two weeks ago, I made an account and I played with it and I thought it was absolute dog shit. Right. I couldn't get it to do anything. And basically, it's a, it's just a box where you type a question in and you let it answer it and it answers it in real, like, English. Yeah. Like, it talks it out to you, mm-hmm. okay? The only thing I could get it to do was make scripts. So, you could ask it, hey, make a script about a pirate that found treasure and it would write you a script that, and use AI to write a script for you, mm-hmm. okay? Which sounds cool, but it's not. And uh, then I thought, someone else had said to me, another one of my friends had gone, no, chat GPT, it's the next big thing. you got to you got to look into it more. So I'm like, okay, so I watched some YouTube videos. And then I was like, okay, maybe this is, maybe I was just asking it the wrong questions. Yep. It's amazing. It's so amazing that I can't get into it at the moment because it's full. Right. So I tried to. I was going to pull it up for the uh, podcast, yeah. and I cannot access it because it's at capacity. I sold a car to some clients um, through the week. He says he's a programmer. He goes, I use ChatGPT every single day, wow. ever since it's come out, because you can do things like this. You could say, write me a software program in JavaScript that calculates... Uh, the the um, uh, a, a Bitcoin trading solution and back test it two years 
Wow. And it will populate a code base. Yeah, yeah. You can move it into a test environment, test it. If it doesn't work, you can put paste it back in there and say, can you check this for errors? Yep. It will find the error. Then you can ask it, how do I fix this error? Yeah, it will say, oh, delete this, replace that. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, That's got huge mo- implications for people who want to do things like build their own applications and stuff, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, it does. Yes, we are trying that. It also... Like, if you were a um, copywriter or a blogger, yep. you could sell your services. You could just get this thing to write blogs for you. You could just type in what you wanted to talk about, and it would just make a blog. And you could sell you, you could sell your services to websites that want to add content because it helps your Google, ad, uh, your Google search results, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... It's, um, sort, I mean, it's sort of what happens with a lot of bloggers and news... Uh, news broadcasters these days anyway where they just basically send the copy out and you just tweak it slightly and put up whatever you know whatever is uh rained down from above but yeah i i did see some stuff about it and partic- what i found particularly int- interesting was the coding side of things where you could literally mm. just say hey write a you know write a, an algorithm that does this for me and it'll just go ahead and actually write it and it will code it out for you in the language that you want you can use APIs and feed it into TradingView to do like investment strategies yeah, right. and you can build it for you. And yeah. it's, dude, it's wild. And it's so wild that the boss of the CEO of Google has basically put a red flag out there saying, we need to do something in AI right now. And I was having a beer with a friend today and he, he was like, imagine if you were the company that knocked off Google. Mm. Like no, no one would have ever thought that. No one would have ever thought that 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 we were going to see that in our lifetime. And this company, and to be honest, I don't know a whole lot about OpenAI, mm-hmm. uh, but they are killing the game. Because does it work by it? It in real time scrapes the internet for the information that you're after. Yep. It does not. It's currently not attached to the internet. Wow. And it's only it's only got like a thought. Uh, it's only been trained from a certain date up to like 2021. So you can't ask it really recent stuff. Yeah, okay. Um, I want to see. I'm just pulling up their website now. Mm-hmm. I just want to see. So OpenAI is an AI research and development company. Our mission is to ensure the artificial general intelligence benefits all of humanity. I just want to see who's in it because I have a feeling this stinks of... uh, Chairman... No, no one there that I... So our investors include Microsoft, Reed Hoffman's Charitable Foundation, and Costa Ventures. Interesting. Okay. Also, for some reason, I thought AI, uh, uh, Elon had something to do with it, but he obviously mm. doesn't. I'll see if I can get into chat GPT now. Hold on. Microsoft Try having up. something to do with it's interesting. It's just well, yeah, they're they're lost. The last um, AI bot that they had, remember that what did have access to the internet? Yeah. Remember, got turned into a Nazi within twenty four hours. Yeah. 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 I just no, I just remember hearing something recently about Microsoft winning a new contract with the American government, massive dollars for not hundred some something to do with the military. Not hundred percent sure what it is. Um, so they they've been in the news a little bit lately. They're up to some yeah, things. I'm now going to just check what um, 
Microsoft. Microsoft is doing in uh, stock-wise. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Well, it's had a bit of a bump. Hmm. Mm. Off a pretty uh, no, it's probably nothing. It's nothing Nancy uh, worthy, you know. Can you just pull that back up again for a sec? Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, we on the whole chat GPT thing. Have, have you got anything else specific that you wanted to say on it? Because this might no, segue us into the next topic. That was it. That cool. was it. I just think it's something interesting. If you can access it, get on it, have a look. Um, I think I. Th- it, it, it could be an absolute, absolute, absolute game changer. Yeah, yeah. So just to segue into the next thing. So we're currently, for any audio listeners, listeners only, we're currently looking at the Microsoft stock price. Now, it has rallied a fair bit recently. And can you just tell me, what was the date of the rally? The date of the rally was... Was... Why can't I see it? Why can't I see it? Uh, December 22. Right. So that makes that makes sense because obviously uh, I have heard about that contract with the government around that period of time. It was very recent. So it makes sense that they're sort of having a bit of a rally because they know that there's more money coming in. Can you just go back though to where the stock was at its peak? Like, uh, so this is year to... Oh, I'm still going back. Oh, just not the the sort of most recent high peak. So the... I mean, it's... Uh, November 21 is the tippy, tippy, tippy top. Right, okay. So that that's the point that I wanted to, to talk about briefly because one of the next subjects we we're going to speak about was the Twitter files. And one of the things that you were seeing bandied about every single mainstream media channel at the moment is all the pressure that's on Elon Musk to step down as the CEO of Twitter mm-hmm. because of the poll that he put up about whether or not he should stand down from Twitter, which, in in my opinion, when this first came up, I thought it was a bot trap straight away. Yeah. It may or may not be. It looks like he's trying to find a, a different CEO anyway, but I think that was always part of the plan. Yeah. But the key point is, one of the things that you see getting bandied about all the time is the drop in valuation of Tesla stock. Mm-hmm. And they keep trying to say that Tesla stock has dropped because Elon Musk is doing all those bad things over at Twitter and it's spooking the investors. Then he's, they... not focused on, um, he's not focused on uh, Tesla. That's what they're saying. Yeah. So what they fail to mention is every single tech stock is hugely down this year. Every single well, okay, so so let's measure. Microsoft was thirty percent, thirty percent down from yep. top to bottom. So from top, uh, Tesla's top to bottom is sixty five percent. So it is it is double. Um, have I got anyone else here that is of interest? Uh, Apple will be bucking the trend, no doubt, because they they seem to be going the other way. Top to bottom is no twenty six percent. Okay, top to bottom. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Uh, there's no no real other tech guys there. What about um, like Alphabet? Yep, 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 yep. Let me find it. Alphabet. 
I mean, the one that's going to hurt will be will be Facebook, Meta. Yeah, so check Alphabet, check Meta, and then check Amazon. Those are the last three I want to check. Okay, so I, I'm Amazon. actually assuming that Amazon's going to be more similar to Tesla because they're similar businesses. No, 54% down. Right, so that's, that's closer to Tesla. And I feel like one of the main reasons for that is supply chain issues of actually trying to get your product produced and to your customer. Uh, Meta's down 70%. Wow, okay, so Meta is down worse than Tesla. Googs. Googs is down 40%. Okay. So this mirrors exactly what I was saying. And this is something that I, I think that people need to keep in mind because this is how narratives work. We speak about this all the time. It is not just what they are saying that is important. It is what they leave out, which is equally sometimes more important. It's more important, yeah. So the narrative they're trying to build is that Tesla is failing because the investors are spooked because Elon is either not paying attention or he's saying things which are bringing the company into disrepute. What they fail to mention is that every single other major tech stock is down year to date for all of the other excuses, the supply chain issues from COVID, the war in Ukraine, all, all of these things. Mm. It is all designed to make people move away from Elon Musk. They're trying to discredit Elon Musk. And why would the establishment be trying to do that now, Alex? Uh, maybe because it's basically the next competition, like the next biggest, com- the real threat to their business model. Yeah, it's because of the Twitter files. So the reason but why... Not, they- because, not necessarily because of the Twitter files. Uh, look... Yes, sorry. The Twitter files is like 51% of it, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying... But I would also be worried about, like, I think the primary motivation for these guys is, like, you can't let Twitter become uh, a good thing. It can't be. If it's a good thing, it hurts big business. It hurts the mainstream media, the corporate media. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not so sure I agree on that, especially when you consider the fact that the corporate media has essentially used twitter posts as sources for the last three years like yeah, every they, time you turn on the news they're like discourse. oh as per this person who posted on twitter i'm not no no no. i'm not saying they they don't want to have twitter they yeah. need to own it they need to run it right they need to and they've had it they've had it their way yeah. for, for for and they're freaking out now yeah so he, here's my thing here's my thoughts on it the number one issue is because of the twitter files being released and they are doing to Elon exactly what they do to everyone that they want to discredit. Instead of playing the ball, they play the man. So instead of trying to explain their ways out of all of the explosive content which has come out of these Twitter files, which has shown... And look, we're going to go through probably our top, uh, our top bits of information that we want you to pay attention to that have come out of it, because... Uh, I've had feedback during the week, but also I'll live in a bit of myself. The amount of posts that have been coming out, it has been a little bit tiresome. And some of, and I, I actually think it's in the way that it has to be reported, to be fair, because it's being reported on Twitter. So it's every single story has got to be outlined within the, you know, is it 240 character count of each yeah. individual tweet? So it's an annoying way of putting it out, but I understand why you would put it out on Twitter itself. But essentially, you have got. 
you've got the Twitter files leaking the facts that there are extremely influential and important people participating in extremely corrupt conduct which they want which they don't want people to believe and the easiest way to prevent people from believing the things that have been exposed in the twitter files is to discredit elon musk himself Mm. and that's why you are seeing the character assassination of elon musk in the media at the moment plus why are they targeting tesla because they know that the majority of Elon Musk's own personal wealth is tied up in his Tesla stock. If you can spook the investors in Tesla into selling their shares, thereby tanking the stock, you tank Elon Musk's own individual net wealth, which also reduces his ability to service the $1 billion a year in interest alone he has to pay on the loans he's taken out to buy Twitter in the first place, therefore putting pressure on him to step down or sell it altogether. That's the game plan. Uh. I think Tesla's a buy too at its current. Um, it is one hundred percent a buy. The dip, the dip was only because he sold so many. Like you've just, he's just That's added right. so much flow to the market. It's got nothing to do with market sentiment, mm-hmm. and um, there's a huge amount of volume, um, like sell volume, obviously. Yeah. But you know, it, it the last time it was at this number was twenty twenty, mm-hmm. um, November twenty twenty. It's sort of hit. Uh, it's kind of hit a support marker, and I, I, I reckon it will. I reckon it will jump up. I think it'll jump up, and I think it's a, you know, will it? it, it it's got to be a thousand dollar stock eventually, doesn't it? Well, it's currently at one hundred twenty five dollars. The savvy investors, the institutional investors, are going to be putting money in it because they yeah. understand that you can say whatever you want about Elon Musk. The guy knows business, and he knows how to bring products to market. Yep. So while the retail mum and pop investors are going to be scared out of investing in Tesla or maybe scared into selling their shares, which is going to then discount the price for the institutions to come in and buy at a discount. Like, that's what's going to happen here. Mm. I don't think for a second that Elon is ever going to be put into such a bad, precarious financial position that he's going to have to sell out of Twitter. I don't think it's nah. going to happen. He's just not that guy. I mean... Even the fact that he's talking about trying to bring us to Mars, like there's no profit in bringing us to Mars in his lifetime. He just thinks it's the right thing to do. And I think the reason why he's taken over Twitter is because he thinks it's the right thing to do for, you, for humanity. And there's more thing, more important things than money involved. Uh, not totally convinced of that. I reckon he can make... Uh, I think SpaceX, he can make a fortune out of because he's it's a lot of government contract stuff. And... Yep. One of the you know, the Senate hearing that he had, which I I love, it was one of the most entertaining things I've ever seen. Right. He basically offered to take satellites to space for free. Yep. No, sorry. He, I'll um I'll pa- what was it? What was the line he said? It was costing two hundred and fifty million dollars to send a satellite to space. Yep. And a satellite costs a hundred million. And he goes, but they destroy their rockets when they deliver it. Mm-hmm. So. If I do it, return the rocket, recycle the rocket, and do another one, I'm effectively giving you the satellite for free. Yeah, yeah. So um, he's he's making he's making money there. He'll like I I'm pretty sure Tesla's profitable now. I think it actually makes money now. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is some um, breathing room for him. Uh, the I'm not worried about the billion dollars worth of interest because you'd park. So what do you pay? Forty five billion yeah. for it. 
So you park the forty-five billion there. You never pay. You don't pay that debt down. You just pay the billion, 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 and hope that the 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 um uh the then try and package it up to then sell it to someone in the future, or you build revenues to to make more than one billion a year. Yeah. In rev and, and let it pay it. itself off. I'm yeah. also I I have a feeling, if I remember correctly, that out of that money. Out of that 44, 45 billion he had to pay, I think he only had to borrow 13 billion. Yeah. I think the rest of it he just paid cash for it. Yeah. Yeah, by dumping Tesla stock. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, yeah. let, let's get to the Twitter files because there has been so much, much information that has been dumped out of these files. We've been speaking about it for weeks. I know a lot of people are getting tired of it. But to me, the most critical pieces of information came out this week in. Uh, the Twitter files part seven. And this is what Alex has just brought up on the screen now. So I'm just going to read a little bit of this to you. So for any of you who haven't heard about it, this is about the FBI and the Hunter Biden laptop. So how the FBI and intelligence community discredited factual information about Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings, but both before, uh, sorry, both after and before the New York Post revealed the contents of his laptop on October 14, 2020. In Twitter files number six, we saw the FBI relentlessly seek to, thank you Alex, to exercise influence over Twitter, including over its content, its users, and its data. In Twitter files number seven, we present evidence pointing to an organized effort by representatives of the intelligence community, or IC, aimed at senior executives at news and social media companies to discredit leaked information about Hunter Biden before and after it was published. The story... Now, this is the most critical part for me, and I'm not going to keep reading the whole thing after this. The story begins in December 2019 when a Delaware computer store owner named John Paul Mac Isaac contacts the FBI about a laptop that Hunter Biden had left with him. Here's the critical part. On December 9, 2019, the FBI issues a subpoena for and takes Hunter Biden's laptop. This was a year before the 2020 election. Now, as any of you will uh, recollect, this story broke just before that election. So that's what they were talking about earlier on, the, um, the news story that got censored. And everyone knows what happened. It got censored off Twitter. It got censored off all the other big social media companies. Uh, you couldn't Google it. All of those things happened. The government via the FBI came out and fed people the BS that this was uh, a Russian disinformation campaign it's election interference like they literally ran interference on the story but the key thing here is the FBI had possession of the laptop 12 months prior so what does this tell you Alex? Well, they they lied about having it. They said they didn't even care about it because the story that I knew before this this Twitter file came out mm-hmm. was the FBI knew about it, like on the date when JP um, rang the FBI, mm-hmm. and then uh, my understanding was that they did nothing with it. Like they did, they they he tried to give it to them. Yeah. He tried to give it to politicians, and no one would accept it. Yeah. That's what that was my understanding of what it was. So he had taken a copy of the hard drive and he ended up giving it to Rudy Giuliani to do something with it. Right. Because he had found evidence of illegal activity on the laptop. Yes. 
but but here's and the illegal activity being it was the dealings with like um was it chinese uh, government officials yeah well if, if you scroll officials. down we can read a little bit more because it does go into detail on it so you can see here so by august 2020 mac isaac still had not heard back from the fbi even though he had discovered evidence of criminal activity and so he emails rudy giuliani who was under fbi surveillance at the time in early october giuliani gives it to the new york post that's handy because then you only had to have the conversation once yeah that's you're right going rudy and the fbi at the same yeah. time so consider that not only did the FBI have possession of the laptop, but they were also surveilling Rudy Giuliani at the time as well. So yeah. Rudy Giuliani was Donald Trump's lawyer at the time. Uh, Hunter and Mazeers had just learned from the New York Post that its story about the laptop would be published the next day. So it's got an email here. Uh, oh, can you scroll back right. up again? It just it, So it just basically says, John Paul, thank you for speaking with me tonight. As I indicated, I'm a lawyer for Hunter Biden and I appreciate you revealing your records on this matter. Thank you from George. All right, scroll down a little bit further. At 9.22 p.m. Eastern Time, FBI Special Agent Elvis Chan sends 10 documents to Twitter's then head of site integrity, Yoel Roth, through Teleporter, a one-way communications channel from the FBI to Twitter. <laughs> now, one thing that, just to, um, just to tie something into here, remember when Mark Zuckerberg appeared on the Joe Rogan, Rogan. experience? And, was told, and he told Rogan that the FBI approached him and said, gave him a heads up, hey, there's, there's a potential Russian disinformation campaign coming, keep an eye out for it. Apparently yeah. he didn't specify what the details were, but when the Hunter Biden laptop story dropped, he is, they assumed it was this, and they did their best to stifle the information. Yeah. So next, next part. Uh, the next day, October 14, 2020, the New York Post runs its explosive story revealing the business dealings of President Joe Biden's son, Hunter, Every single fact in it was accurate. And yet, within hours, Twitter and other social media companies censor the New York Post article, preventing it from spreading, and more importantly, undermining its credibility in the minds of many Americans. Why is that what exactly happened? Key point on that. More importantly, undermining its credibility in the minds of many Americans. This is exactly what I was talking about before with the character assassination being done at the moment on Elon Musk. They don't care about data. They play the man, not the ball. Next part. Uh, on December 2, Matt Taibbi described the debate inside Twitter over its decision to censor a wholly accurate article. Since then, we've discovered new info that points to an organised effort by the Intel community to influence Twitter and other platforms. First, it's important to understand that Hunter Biden earned, in quotes, tens of millions of dollars in contracts with foreign businesses, including ones linked to China's government, for which Hunter offered no real work. Here's an overview by investigative journalist Peter Schweitzer. We're not going to go into that. Keep scrolling. And yet, during all of 2020, the FBI and other law enforcement agencies repeatedly primed Yoel Roth to dismiss reports of Hunter Biden's laptop as a Russian hack and leak operation. And there's a sworn affidavit uh, declaration by Roth given in December 2020. Don't have to read it. It's all right. Move on. Uh, they did the same to Facebook, according to CEO Mark Zuckerberg. So that's what I was talking about before. Next, next part. Uh, were the FBI warnings of a Russian hack and leak operation relating to Hunter Biden based on any new intel? No, they weren't. In quotes, through our investigations, we did not see any similar competing intrusions to what had happened in 2016, admitted FBI agent Elvis Chan in November. Indeed, Twitter executives repeatedly reported very little Russian activity. 
Example, on September 24, 2020, Twitter told FBI it had removed 345, in quotes, largely inactive, end quote, accounts, linked to previous coordinated Russian hacking attempts. They had little reach and low follow accounts. <laughs> so just, just a side note on this. Think about how many times during that election we were told about Russian uh, interference in the election, Russian bot farms that were targeting the presidential election, trying to influence people. That's all we heard about. It was all Russia, Russian election interference. Yep. So ne- next part. In fact, Twitter debunked false claims by journalists of foreign influence on its platform. In quotes, we haven't seen any evidence to support that claim. Uh, after FBI asks about WAPO, so the Washington Post story, on alleged foreign inter- uh, influence in a pro-Trump tweet... Twitter's Yoel Roth says, The article makes a lot of insinuations, but we saw no evidence that that was the case here. And in fact, a lot of strong evidence pointing in the other direction. It's not the first time that Twitter's Roth has pushed back against the FBI. In January 2020, Roth resisted FBI efforts to get Twitter to share data outside of the normal search warrant process. So this is... I just want to put a note on that. I want yeah. to put a note on that, which is... There... It's what Snowden spoke about mm-hmm. when his stuff came out. Doing a blanket uh, surveillance strategy on every person on the internet is a bad idea. Yeah, I do believe that people do bad things on the internet, and they sh- and there are if they are breaking the law, they should be dealt with, but they should be dealt with the correct way, and that's where you need a warrant. You need to go and ask someone, hey. We believe that this person's doing X, Y, Z. Yep. We want a warrant. If they have warrant, then you can you can do those things. You can ask these tech companies. I, I think that that sh- should be a thing. Absolutely. And just another side note for this. So this is showing you the level of collusion between the FBI, which is a government entity, and a social media platform, which is all about controlling the information flow to the American citizens. So this for is... one side of government. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is literally a disinformation campaign being perpetrated uh, on the American citizens by an American taxpayer-funded government agency. Mm. Uh, Pressure had been growing. We have seen a sustained, if uncoordinated, effort by the intelligence community to push us to share more info and change our API policies. They are probing and pushing everywhere they can, including by whispering to congressional staff. So they want more and more power. Time and again, FBI asked Twitter for evidence of foreign influence and Twitter responds that they aren't finding anything worth reporting. We haven't yet identified activity that we typically refer to you or even flag as interesting in the foreign influence context. Despite Twitter's pushback, the FBI repeatedly requests information from Twitter that Twitter had already made clear it will not share outside of normal legal channels. Do you remember something similar happened to Apple? It was probably yes. around the same time, yeah, about getting the back door. Like yeah, there, there was a, some criminal that was arrested and they wanted access to his mobile phone and yeah. the guy wouldn't give them access. So they went to Apple yeah. and Apple said no. Good on them. They ended up saying yes. They ended up yielding. Did they? Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then in July 2020, the FBI's Elvis Chan arranges for temporary top secret security clearances for Twitter executives so that the FBI can share information about threats to the upcoming elections. Hmm. 
On August 11, 2020, the FBI's Chan shares information with Twitter's Roth relating to the Russian hacking organization APT28 through the FBI's secure one-way communications channel, Teleporter. Recently, Yol Roth uh, told Kara Swisher that he had been primed to think about the Russian hacking group APT28 before news of the Hunter Biden laptop came out. When it did, Roth said, it set off every single one of my finely tuned APT28 hack and leak campaign alarm bells. So they had primed him up because they knew the story yeah. was coming out. And how did they know the story was coming out? Because they were surveilling Rudy Giuliani, who had received the information off the laptop. That's how they yeah. knew it was coming out. In August 2020, FBI's Chan asked Twitter, does anyone there have top secret clearance? When someone mentions Jim Baker, Chan responds, I don't know how I forgot him. An odd claim, given Chan's job is to monitor Twitter, not to mention that they work together at the FBI. <laughs> Who is Jim Baker? He's former general counsel of the FBI from 2014 to 18, and one of the most powerful men in the US intel community. Baker has moved in and out of government for 30 years, serving stints at CNN Bridgewater, which is a $140 billion asset management firm, and Brookings. As general counsel of the FBI, Baker played a central role in making the case internally for an investigation of Donald Trump. Baker wasn't the only senior FBI executive involved in the Trump investigation to go to Twitter. Dawn Burton, the former department chief of staff to FBI head James Comey, who initiated the investigation of Trump, joined Twitter in 2019 as director of strategy. Now, um, I don't know if it says it later on in this, but you'll remember James Baker was the lawyer that Elon Musk punted after the first Twitter files drop because he was caught vetting the information that came out in the second one. Yeah. So remember how the second Twitter file drop was supposed to happen the next day and then it was delayed for yeah. two days? They found out it was because um, James Comey... Oh, sorry, Baker, sorry, was the guy who was, um, who was vetting Wait. all the info. As of 2020, there were so many former FBI employees working at Twitter that they had created their own private Slack channel and a crib sheet to onboard new FBI arrivals. So again, <laughs> this is showing you the collusion. So when anyone... And, and typically people on the left side of politics use this slur when anyone calls someone a fascist this is what fascism actually means fascism is when you have collusion between the state and businesses the corporations to control people that's fascism because a state is not supposed to work together with private companies they're supposed to be completely separate this is fascism this is the state uh, colluding with one of the most important information disseminating platforms in the world and you know they're doing it on every single other one as well mm -hmm. this is why this is important efforts continued to influence Twitter's Yol Roth in September 2020 Roth participated in an Aspen Institute tabletop exercise on a potential hack and dump operation relating to Hunter Biden the goal was to shape how the media covered it and how social media carried it so, guys, they literally game-planned this thing a couple of months before it came out. Is that not like in 2019 when they simulated a pandy? Uh-huh. What was that called? Um, what was that called? Um, it'll come to me. It'll come yeah, to me. Yeah. The organiser was Vivian Schiller, the former CEO of NPR... Um, so that's National the Public National Public Radio. Radio. Yeah. 
former head of news at Twitter, former general manager of the New York Times, former chief digital officer of NBC News. Attendees included Meta slash Facebook's head of security policy and the top national secretary reporters for the New York Times and Washington Post and others. If our elected officials do not hold those who tyrannically undermined the Constitution accountable then to the American people, what recourse do we have? Article 5, Constitutional Convention, what legitimacy does our government have? As my heart breaks, I'll leave you with this and someone's just written a, like the Declaration yeah, of Independence. This, so, so that's just is, a different post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, so sorry, no, continued. No, no. By mid-September 2020, Chan and Roth had set up an encrypted messaging network so employees from FBI and Twitter could communicate. They also agreed to create a, in quotes, virtual war room for all the internet industry plus FBI and ODNI, which is the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. Then on September 15, 2020, the FBI's Laura Dermlow, who heads up the Foreign Influence Task Force and Elvis Chan, request to give a classified briefing for Jim Baker without any other Twitter staff such as Yoel Roth present. <laughs> on October 14, shortly after New York Post publishes its Hunter Biden laptop story, Roth says, It isn't clearly violative of our hacked materials policy, nor is it clearly in violation of anything else, but adds, This feels a lot like a somewhat subtle leak operation. In response to Roth, Baker repeatedly insists that the Hunter Biden materials were either faked, hacked, or both, and a violation of Twitter policy. Baker does so over email and in a Google Doc on October 14 and 15. Smart guy. That, that probably shows you a level of the arrogance that has crept in with them being able to get free reign for so many years. Yeah. Because you don't put your corruption in writing. No. And that's, especially on a Google Doc, it's like open. Yeah, that's a hot tip to anyone out there. Yeah. And yet it's inconceivable Baker believed that Hunter Biden emails were either fake or hacked. The New York Post had included a picture of the receipt signed by Hunter Biden and an FBI subpoena showing that the agency had taken possession of the laptop in December 2019. As for the fake FBI... News. Yeah. As for the FBI, it likely would have taken a few hours for it to confirm that the laptop had belonged to Hunter Biden. Indeed, it only took a few days for journalist Peter Schweitzer to prove it. By 10am, Twitter execs had, brought in, had bought into a wild hack-and-dump story. In quotes, the suggestion from esper, experts, which rings true, is there was a hack that happened separately and they loaded the hacked materials on the laptop that magically appeared at a repair shop in Delaware. So they create, again, Twitter's, Twitter was clown world, right? They create a whole bunch of make-believe things in Twitter and this is another example of it. At 3.38pm... Do you know what, no, do you know, so there's a tactic there. The tactic being... Yes, there's a true story. We're not going to talk about that now. What we're going to do is we're going to make up this new story about this thing, and then you can tell me that this thing's fake. Yeah. And by the time that we've debated over whether this thing's fake, you've forgotten about the real thing. And or whatever damage it would have done has been mitigated. So, for example, with this, this was in the lead up to the election. So as long as you could um, tamp down or discredit this information for long enough... To, to win the election, you were good. It didn't matter yeah. if it came out afterwards. It's already done. Yeah. At 3.38pm that same day, October 14, Baker arranges a phone conversation with Matthew J. Perry in the office of the General Counsel of the FBI. The influence operation persuaded Twitter execs that the Hunter Biden laptop did not come from a whistleblower. One linked to a Hill article based on a Washington Post article from October 15, which falsely suggested that Giuliani's leak of the laptop had something to do with Russia. See, do you know what you can say? You can say, oh, yeah, it was something, and the something could be, oh, it's been to Russia. Like well, the laptop had physically well, no, the, been to Russia. Literally, the something could just be, we've mentioned Russia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's got something to do with it because we, we brought it up. 
Yeah. There is FBI, evidence that FBI agents have warned elected officials of foreign influence with the primary goal of leaking the information to the news media. This is a political dirty trick used to create the perception of impropriety. In 2020, the FBI gave a briefing to Senator Grassley and Johnson claiming evidence of Russian interference into their investigation of Hunter Biden. The briefing angered the senators who say it was done to discredit their investigation. In quotes, the unnecessary FBI briefing provided the Democrats and liberal media the vehicle to spread their false narrative that our work advanced Russian disinformation. Notably then, uh, sorry, notably, then FBI General Counsel Jim Baker was investigated twice in 2017 and 2019 for leaking information to the news media. You're saying he's under criminal investigation? That's why you're not letting him answer, Meadows asked? Yes, was the reply. (laughs) In the end, the FBI's influence campaign aimed at executives at news media, Twitter, and other social media companies worked. They censored and discredited the Hunter Biden laptop story. By December 2020, Baker and his colleagues even sent a note of thanks to the FBI for its work. The FBI's influence campaign may have been helped by the fact that it was paying Twitter millions of dollars for its staff time. I'm happy to report we've collected $3.4 million since October 2019, reports an associate of Jim Baker in early 2021. That's taxpayer money. And the pressure from the FBI on social media platforms continues. In August 2022, Twitter executives prepared for a meeting with the FBI, whose goal was to convince us to produce on more FBI EDRs. EDRs are an emergency disclosure request, a warrantless search. (laughs) In response to the Twitter files revelation of high-level FBI agents at Twitter, Jim Jordan said, who's a Republican senator, I have concerns about whether the government was running a misinformation operation on We the People. And the last part says, anyone who reads the Twitter files, regardless of their political orientation, should share those concerns. And that's the end of that dump. Now, why is this important? Number one, it it shows you that the rampant collusion between government and social media in general, because this is not just happening at Twitter, is true. But number two, to me, this is far more sinister because the most important part about this entire story for me is that this happened before the election. So you cannot argue that the social media companies or the FBI were taking orders from the government of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. was a concerted effort to get Donald Trump out and Joe Biden in. Yeah, totally. And then all of a sudden, what happened when Joe Biden came in? All of a sudden, we had the Afghan war pull out, which was always planned to happen because that was organized under Trump's uh, uh, reign as well. And then you've just had this proxy war start in Russia. And just this week again, they've approved another $45 billion. So I know a little while ago, we reported that we thought that they'd send about $100 billion to Ukraine. Well, that, that figure has officially been hit now. It's like, I think they're at $102 billion so far that they have sent to Ukraine in military aid just this year well, alone. The stat that I'd heard is that they've now had more than was sent to Afghanistan since the 70s. No, since 1946. Oh, 46. Yeah. And when you, when you start digging deeper into a lot of the other Twitter files that have been released, one of the things that they talk about is things like you guys may remember you may not because again didn't get much mainstream media push but um towards the beginning of the war there was talks about these bio labs that had been set up in ukraine and there was these concerns about um, russian 
uh, Russia taking control of these bio labs because there were, we didn't know what they were studying in those labs. And when you go through, I think it's the next dump of the Twitter files, it talks about how a lot of these bio labs were actually funded by a hedge fund that was connected to Hunter Biden. And this is all the way back from 2009. So I, I, I don't want to, I'm going to try and zoom out as mm-hmm. opposed to getting caught into in the detail yeah for me what it says is we knew there was something very wrong with the way information was given to us yeah through social media yeah okay? we knew it we'd all said it we would you were labeled as a kook if if you believed it everyone was gaslit uh, is the word for it I, yeah i don't i like dave portnoy's shirt there's no such thing as gaslighting. You are just crazy. <laughs> um, there was a real... Like, you could see that discourse was being paved and manipulated yep. by social media. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, now, we know that it does it for all other reasons, like, um, you know, the, the the way that a woman should look and um, um, how rich is supposed to be. Like, a, like it perpetrates... A, a particular like, sort of ideology, mm-hmm. but the fact that the information, the real news, was being uh, filtered in such a way, and not even filtered, like cut out, like half the story. It was It the was being was manipulated. Out. The word is yeah. manipulated. It was because it was both sides of it. It wasn't just withholding information. It was deliberately planting misinformation mm. into the mark into the social square. And saying, no, what well, you've got is misinformation. Yeah, and... And then you're like, oh, based on what? And like, oh, I don't know. It, but it's you, not us. Yeah, and don't you find it interesting about when you go back over those last couple of years, how many times did government officials from America talk about the dangers of misinformation and disinformation and malinformation? Yeah. Yeah. And they would know all the dangers because they were the ones doing it. Yeah. And this is what's, this is what's scary and... Well, not scary. This is what is important for me about all of this stuff is that now now this sort of um, information cartel has been exposed. Mm. Well, this opens up the doorway because it's not just been about uh, what the FBI was talking to Twitter about in regards to Hunter Biden's laptop. This brings into question everything that has been in the social square for the last three years. So this brings in... Like COVID, for example, we all know how much information about COVID, vaccines, treatments was censored on social media in the last three years. We know that. Mm. We have seen how many of the of the claims that were put out into the space by the supposed experts have been disproven during that period of time. We have seen that. So how many people died unnecessarily had their livelihoods taken away from them because the FBI was deliberately manipulating the media and the information flow. I can give you an example. I had a chat with someone during the week, a friend of mine, and we're talking podcasts, and I had said, oh, oh, have you listened to this Rogan one? And he goes, oh, no, I don't listen to Rogan. I'm like, oh, why is that? And he goes, well, I think he's dangerous. And I'm like, how so? And he goes, oh, I just think he's giving, like, particularly young men, like, he's, he's definitely, he's got a, like, he's got a, a, a very specific crowd. And I'm like, you do realise it's, like, one of the biggest crowds around. Yeah. So it's it, it's not, it's definitely not a minority, right? 
And he goes, yeah, I just, I think he's like setting up men for like the, the wrong way. I'm like, oh, explain that to me. And he just couldn't. And I said, do you yeah. know what that sounds like to me? You have just picked up all the haters' talking points. You have just, what you have just illustrated to me is the top 10 anti-headlines, yeah. anti-Joe Rogan headlines the talking that points. the media spin. I yeah. said, I challenge you, I challenge you to listen to one of his episodes and then reassess the way that you feel. Because yeah. remember when I, I did it, I wanted you to listen to that Destiny yeah. thing because I'd seen the clips and I'm like, I'm going to hate this guy. Yeah, the yeah, the yeah. Ben Shapiro of the left. And when I listened to it, I was like, oh man, well, like we we agree on like 80% of stuff. Yeah. And the other 20%, I, like, I, I don't agree with it, but yeah. I can see where he's coming from. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I feel like now, I, I'd watch any of his stuff yep. now. Like I, I have an affinity with it, but I, I had that own pre- my own prejudice as well. But I also put in the work to listen to a five-hour podcast. That's right. Um, but um, that's that is the power of when you can manipulate discourse. That's what you can do with it. You can make people feel lies. You can yeah. make people feel which like like completely like complete and utter bullshit. You can make them believe it. And the perfect example of that with Rogan was when he got COVID and took ivermectin, and all the key information was in the story. He took ivermectin in a suite of other drugs based on a protocol mm. that was given to him by Dr. Pierre Corey, and he was fine in two days. But the media didn't didn't really focus on the fact that he was fine in two days. They focused horse on the paste. fact he took horse medicine, right? Yeah. So, like, and put a filter over him to make him look sick. Yeah, like if there are, if there are people who are our age, like mid thirties and younger, who are still believing what they see on mainstream media TV. I, I've got a bridge to sell you. Like, yeah. it's... It, it is... What's the saying? Believe nothing... Was it? If you stand for nothing, you will fall for everything. No, no, no. If, but believe only half what you hear... No, believe half what... Half Don't what eat cheese before nothing. noon. A penny saved <laughs> is a penny earned. <laughs> um, okay, next, next, next topic, next topic. Oh, uh, no, there was, quick... there was another saying that I had too. What was the other saying? If you if you don't watch the news, you are uninformed. If you do watch the news, you are misinformed. Ah. So watch like the it. VK bros to get informed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do your own research. Yeah. Um I wanna move I wanna give a quick update on the SBF saga. Yeah. So yeah, Sam yeah. Bankman. We'll do that and then we'll get out of here. Yeah. Um so great news. He's been arrested. He's in jail. Uh I think he goes to trial in February. Yep. Uh, he's pled not guilty, I believe. Has he? But his ex-girlfriend, the CEO of uh, Alameda Research... Yeah, the one out of ten. ...has pled guilty to everything. Yeah, and he's flipping on him too, apparently. Conspiracy. They, they, look, they say... I don't, I don't think it matters, <laughs> but I said... what I Look, I've had a... I've, I've been on fire on the chat groups lately... <laughs> And and I'll say a different one, different to this. A guy texts me with a joke that like um, he was basically trying to get me to go um, on holidays to, to the beach, yep. maybe on the beach, and, and effectively saying we could sun our assholes. Right. And he sent me a meme of like three dudes with their asses up at the sun, right? Yeah. Because it's supposed to be good for you. And I said... Yeah, that's um, how Liver King got as big as he did without steroids, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> it. That, that was one of the... Was it 12 tenets of... Yeah, yeah. Um, Ancestral yeah, living. Primal, ancestral, yeah. Um, and I said, 
why do I feel like if a, if a, if a smooth breeze went over there, it would sound like Peruvian pan flutes, <laughs> right? No, I thought it was a gold call. I also said another one. Did I? Uh, uh, Samuel Jackson um, got in trouble because he saw, like, they could see him liking hardcore porn on Twitter. <laughs> and then I said, I said, pass me my phone. It's the one. It's the one with bad, uh, badass motherfucking on it. <laughs> and then in the chat group, now anyone that had watched the podcast that made this Carolyn Ellison look like a idiot. Is one where she said, I don't believe that stop losses are an effective, like, loss management tool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I said something along the lines of, um, pleading not guilty is not a great, like, anti-jail Yeah, strategy. jail mitigation Jail strategy. mitigation strategy. Yeah, yeah. And I reckon that, I reckon she just, like, brain farted. Oh, uh, yeah, guilty. She's going to do, like... If if they got her on everything, it's a hundred and ten years yeah. in jail. Do you know? Do you know what I honestly think it it could have been? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they arrested her and after a couple of days she was on massive drug withdrawals. Because she's be. spoken yeah, many yeah, times about her like yeah. rampant amphetamine use. Yep. And um, I'm not a drug taker, but I know a lot of drug takers, and I know what they look like the day after taking drugs or. Well, I know that I, I stopped in 2020, but if, if I had to if I had to um, rat you out and they were going to offer me a tin of Milo, give me up in a second. So yeah, yeah that's what methamphetamine's like. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if she was suffering huge withdrawals and was just like, I'll say anything, just give me something. Like, let me take something. But she's up so for like got, 110 years. They got her and the, um, her, the, I think, like the CTO. So Yeah, Gary Wang. Yeah, look, what I find interesting is that it'll be very interesting to see how the media handles this now because he was the darling they've lost the, there's no more money anymore yeah oh sorry the interesting thing is he just made bail yeah and the bail amount was 250 million dollars mm. the parents have put a lien on their house their house is worth 4 million and two other uh, anonymous donors have pitched in the rest mm. 146 million dollars but they paid it all in ftt didn't they yeah maybe maybe uh, it might be cz yeah yeah maybe he may have done it um, so yeah uh, it, it will be i will be interested to see because he was the darling what are they going to do how they're going to handle this they've got to be careful i think if the, the smart move for me is just make it all about how shit crypto is that would be the easiest way out i think I just want to know, I don't care what the media does with it. I just want to know how the trials are going to be run and whether or not it's going to be public. Are we just going to get Ghislaine Maxwell again? Is this all going to be behind closed doors? Everything nah, is... He hasn't got anywhere near as much leverage as what she does. You sure? 100%. Well, 100%. you know, you've got the whole uh, US government money laundering operation via Ukraine. I'm sure they'll Who want cares? that stuff. Suppressed. Who cares? They've just... Nah. That's that'll that'll never that story, and I know you'll keep bringing it up. I guarantee you now, nothing in our lifetime will happen with that. No one will give a fuck about um, misappropriation of government funds. Who ever cares about misappropriating government funds? Well, that's the no. problem because everyone should. And yeah. it's interesting too because one of the things man. I was listening Dude, to. You can fix it. Hey, 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 Siri, print more money. 
yeah. done. Fixed. Yeah. Um, what's the inflation rate at the moment? Uh, one of the well, things... less than less than what the uh, what the the pundits were expecting, which gave the um, the stock market a bit of a kick. Yeah. This week. So everyone can go and spend, spend, spend and fuck it up again. But <laughs> yeah. one of the things that I had listening to during the week was talking about the Russia-Ukraine war because obviously the media's not really talking about that that much anymore anyway. And what they're concerned about is that Vladimir Putin made a bit of a media appearance um, over in Russia. And this is all on like Russian state TV and all that. Is it RTS or whatever? Is there yep. um, Russia Today? And it was, he was having a meeting with a government official from the Donbass region. And anyone who's actually paid attention to this whole Russia-Ukraine conflict knows that it didn't just start this year, it started a long time ago. Yeah. And Ukraine, so the Donbass is, according to Russia, the Donbass is Russian and the majority of the people who live there identify as Russian and they want autonomy. And the Ukraine, the Ukrainians have been attacking the Donbass region since 2014. So in this appearance that he made on, on, uh, Russian news networks, it was him having a meeting with the official where the official was giving him the rundown of all the attacks that had been happening over the last however many years. And this many civilians died and this many people died and blah, 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 blah. And what it looked like was... Uh, a deliberate attempt to set the scene for an uh, the final all-out assault from Russia on Ukraine, because wow. the in quotes genocide that was being uh, perpetrated on the citizens of the Donbass region were going to be used as justification for Russia to go full tilt. And yep. they interviewed a guy who was an ex-U.S. weapons inspector who was like, uh, "Ukraine's going to lose." It doesn't matter how many weapons you pump into there. They don't have the troops. They're not yep. winterized. Like, there's a, like they're going into winter over there now. Uh, he was literally saying, like, Russians are born even, in the winter. Even geographically, geographically, they, they don't have the advantage. Because you've got... So, Belarus, I think, is sided with Russia. Yeah. Belarus has said, Russia, you can come through. So, they've got the, they've got the northern. They've got the whole eastern. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they, estimates they're, they're are saying they've got about three times as many troops, and they've got far more artillery as well. Yeah. So, in other words, what it sounds like is the war's going to be over very soon, one way or another. And there's two ways that this can go. The first way is Russia just goes on all-out assault, and the Ukrainians are just forced to surrender. The second way is Russia has made. Uh, pretty clear that they are not interested at all in negotiating with Zelensky because they just see Zelensky as a Western puppet. But one of Zelensky's generals, they have said that they would be willing to negotiate with this guy. So there is a chance that Zelensky ends up getting ousted and this general takes over, negotiates a peace settlement with Russia, which again, we said right at the beginning of the conflict, the only way this thing ends is at the negotiation table. Oh, for sure. But it it ain't ending for the next little while. Little while, yeah. But it might be sooner than you expect. And the reason why... What's that? Do you want to put some crypto on it? Some crypto on it? Okay. Yeah. What what do you think is the time frame? I think... 
there will be no peace settlement in 2023. I'll take that bet. Okay, and it's for 2,000 Satoshis. How much is that at the moment? Fuck all. You'll be fine. (laughs) You'll be fine. Okay. You've got it. Like, you've got it. Right. So You've got it. I reckon you'd have it. So if there is uh, no... Sorry, if there is any settlement or the the war comes to an end or at least there's a negotiated peace agreement signed... Yeah, yeah. Even if they don't, if they, even if they don't do it, but if they have the agreement, if they said we've got an agreement, yeah, I'll cop that. Cool. All but right, it ain't you're on. We're gonna we're gonna e shake. Let me mark the time. What's, oh, we're right on the hour mark, so I can take a clip of this and post it on on socials as well because we've got to actually try to keep track of our bit somewhere. And now that you've agreed to it, the reason why I feel like it's going to end like this is because of the forty five billion dollars that Congress has just approved to send there. It was the largest payment that they have approved all year. And it happened within a day or two of all of this information coming out about Russia potentially going to end this thing. So I feel like Joe Biden and his cronies have seen one last opportunity to send, to wash as much money as they can through Ukraine while this war is still going because they know it's going to be you, over soon. Did you hear the story about Zelensky's wife? in uh christmas shopping in paris oh didn't she spend like 40, 40 000 euros yeah 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 and and it was the french like shoppers yeah the shop owners that were blowing up like hold on aren't you at war now yeah you're like you're at christmas war and you keep going grand. and whenever you get given money you just say it's not enough and you beg for more money and now you miss yeah. those out shopping in france getting paid 40 grand yeah yeah. yeah. Have you seen all the all the clips going around Twitter at the moment of his previous career? No. Oh, it's gay, bro. <laughs> there's there's like clips of him doing these uh I'll send I'll send some to you doing music yeah, videos. Yeah. It's yeah. Is gay, bro. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 as gay as it comes. Is that why Putin doesn't want to deal with them? Oh, maybe. Maybe. But yeah. like even he, the guy's just an actor. Like, even look at his recent appearance over in America when he went there to get the extra money. He's in his military fatigue still. Like, dude, you're in fucking America. Put a suit on. Go and, like, but no, it's all, it's all a It's setup. pantomime. It's, it's pantomime. pantomime. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like, like you were saying about the wife gone shopping in France. Everyone's been like, oh, Zelensky, he's a war hero. He's been on the front lines the whole time. The dude's probably been in a fucking film studio in Los Angeles the entire war. I said it to a group of people through the week. I said, it's only going to end, like, it, it's it's going to end with them at least yielding and giving up the Donbass. And the quicker they can get to that decision, the better it is for the world. Yeah. And they did not cop it. No, yeah. you, can't, you just can't do that. You can't yeah. do that. You can't go and take sovereign countries. I'm like, but how many people do you want to die to then have the same result? Yeah. I said, I'm just a car dealer, right? I'm a car dealer. Yep. But I know if I'm arguing with someone, the more I argue, the less chance of something good happening. Yeah, if you're the quicker I can just get it to the negotiating table, the quicker right. I can just get to a settlement, yep. the better everyone is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And... and and then I said to them, and, when and I said, so how many people do you want to die first to end up in the same place? Yeah. And they just looked at me blankly because I hadn't thought about it. And let me guess, these people during the pandemic were the ones who were saying that everyone else needed to go and get vaccinated for the good of everyone else to try to save as many lives as possible. 
Yeah, four jabs had COVID twice. Yeah, cool. There you go. But so they're, they're quite happy to do that, but they're also quite happy to just keep sending innocent Ukrainians and Russians to their death for yep. what? Ego? To end up in the same place that you're in now. To end up in the exact same place. Yeah, which is we the place we said right at the beginning of the war, that the only, right. t- the only way this thing ends is at the negotiating table. Now, one quick side note on the war too is something else that happened over the last week and a half, which is... All of the um, liquid natural gas contracts America has signed with European nations. Do you mm. see that? Mm. So remember when the Nord Stream 2 pipeline exploded, spontaneously combusted due to climate change, and they were like, oh, the Russians did it. The Russians... Now, anyone yeah, who's not aware of it... the Russians cut their own dick off. Yeah, the yeah. Nord Stream pipeline is from Russia to Germany for Russia to sell natural gas to Europe. Yeah. So when they came out and said that they bombed their own pipeline, that makes zero sense. Number one, they weren't at war with Germany. Number two, the amount of money that Putin is making off energy is funding his war. It was the dumbest justification on the planet. And if they wanted to turn it off, they would have just turned it off. They didn't have to blow it up, turn it off. Exactly. They, they could have even argued. They could have even argued that because of Biden's sanctions, they wouldn't. They're not allowed to sell it. That's right. Or, so they had the easy out. They didn't need to blow it out. Or they could have just frozen, like like you said, just turned it off and just threatened to mm-hmm. freeze out Europe for, for the winter, right? Mm-hmm. But no. And then, like, there was those other stories because, obviously, at the time, the UK had a different prime minister than they have now. They had Liz Truss, who lasted, what was it, 48 hours or however long that she Tax lasted. Tax cuts. Tax cuts. Yeah, well, oh, there, was, shit. there was also a text message between her and some senior oh, yeah. um, uh, military personnel from America after the pipeline just spontaneously combusted, which was, the text message literally just said, it's done. And yeah. you'll also refer back to the footage of Biden, who was being, uh, who mentioned before the war started, if, the, if Russian troops set foot inside of Ukraine, there will be no Nord Stream 2 pipeline. And when quizzed on it, going, well, how End is that... Yeah, how is that even possible? Because it's controlled by Germany and it's between Russia and Germany. And he said... Don't worry, I assure you we have ways of making this happen. And then all of a sudden, America has signed deals to supply Europe with liquid natural gas, just like Condoleezza Rice was talking about back in 2014 when they wanted rem- to remove Europe's, uh, Europe's, what's it called, reliance on Russian energy and replace it with American reliance. America has just picked Europe up and put it in their back pocket. America! Fuck yeah! And on that note, Merry Christmas! I hope you and your family are all well. Thanks for joining us. And because we are the hardest working men in show business, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.